G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. We're a church that's all about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. Today's sermon is part of our Matter of the Heart series, looking at the life of King David. And today we're going to look at the story of David and Mephibosheth in 2 Samuel chapter 9. The preacher is Ken Hansen and he's a deacon at our church and also a police chaplain. So he knows a little bit about caring and kindness. We hope you enjoy the sermon. The readings from 2 Samuel chapter 19. David asked, is there anyone still left of the house in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Zeba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? the king asked. Zeba answered, He is in the house of Micah, son of Amiel, in Lodiba. So King David had had him brought there from Lobdabar, from the house of Micah, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth said, son, son, of, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of our father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Methafishership, (laughs) sorry, bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops, so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And (laughs) Methuselah, grandson of your master, he will eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Methuselah ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Methuselah had a young son named Micah and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Micah. And sorry, and Methuselah lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. Hear the word of the Lord. I'm sorry. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Well, let's have a look at what happened to Methuselah in our story today. Yes, his name is a real mouthful, Bob. So if uh, I get tongue-tied with his name, in true Aussie fashion, 
I'll just nickname him Meth. That all right? That's all right. Good on you. <laughs> you may recall, as the Reverend David has spoken about in previous chapters, that Jonathan was Saul's eldest son and was a great mate and a trusted friend to David. All Jonathan did was question his father, Saul, as to what David had done to him that made Saul so angry that he ordered David to be put to death. Now Saul had suspected for some time that Jonathan might have been conspiring with David to overthrow him. So Saul insults Jonathan, calling him a son of a perverse and rebellious woman. That's not too bad language, considering what we hear today, isn't it? A son of a perverse and rebellious woman. Hmm. Saul even goes as far as to attempt to kill Jonathan by throwing a javelin or a spear at him during one of his temper tantrums. Then in the following chapters, there's a bit of cat and mouse with Saul and David. David had several opportunities to kill Saul, even so far as going to even taking a button off his cloak. But because Saul was the Lord's chosen king at that time, David let him live. There were some fierce battles between the Israelites and the Philistines, ending up with Saul's army being defeated by the Philistines and his three sons, including Jonathan, being killed in battle. Saul was left dying from his wounds and rather being captured and tormented by the Philistine leaders, he killed himself by falling down on his own sword. Meanwhile, David had just defeated the Amalekite army when he received word that Saul and his sons, including Jonathan, were dead. David was deeply saddened and grieved greatly over their loss. Then the tribes of Judah appointed David as their new king. New king, right. In our story today, we have a king that expresses one of the most beautiful acts of kindness to an outcast person. For years, the half-crazed lunatic Saul had obsessively sought after David like a big game hunter. Now that Saul was dead, David would be crowned king of Israel. It was a common practice in those days to exterminate, and I say, yes, it is exterminate, all members of the previous dynasty to prevent any descendants from that dynasty from trying to regain or overthrow the newest king. As long as the spark of life from that family dynasty still remained, they might possibly be a threat to the newly appointed king. Yet David's response was quite on the contrary. He asked if there was anyone remaining from Saul's line 
so that he could show them kindness for the sake of his trusted friend, Jonathan. From today's reading, we learn that Jonathan had left a son, Methipasheth, and we are reminded of the brotherly covenant that David had made to Jonathan and to his descendants. It has been a long period of time since that covenant was made. Years have gone by. And one begins to wonder if David may have forgotten all about that covenant he had made with his friend Jonathan. Methibosheth was only about 12 years of, old, of age when the covenant was made between David and Jonathan and there were obvious reasons why the friends of Methibosheth had taken charge of him, even to the point of trying to hide his existence away from King David in fear that he might have them killed. Methibosheth had been brought up to live a quiet and peaceful life among his friends at Lodabar. And as he grew into manhood, he married and had a son of his own. Now that King David was well established on his throne and having a bit of time to himself and all his enemies were subdued around him, he suddenly inquires one day, Is there anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? This seems to confirm to us that King David did not know that Jonathan had a son who was still alive. So David was now curious as to whether Jonathan indeed had any children remaining. And while King David was reminiscing about Jonathan, he thought of his covenant with Jonathan and that it was now the time to show long overdue gratefulness. King David understood clearly that it was because of Jonathan, Mephibosheth's father, that David was where he was today, still alive and crowned king. It was Jonathan who had guarded David's life. He had protected David as a dear and faithful friend. Now David needed to show his gratefulness. There was a servant of Saul's who had managed Saul's estate and a very knowledgeable man who knew all about caring for the land. He was well bred for farming life and had knowledge of what to grow in the different changes of the season. King David had let him continue to manage the estate after Saul's death and it was this servant, Ziba, who told David about Jonathan's son. Now whether Ziba acted out of spite or sincerity in telling King David is unsure at this stage. Anyway, Ziba tells King David of Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, and where he could be found. 
after which King David then sent messengers to bring him to Jerusalem. The messengers were probably charged not to disclose the king's reason for why he had been summoned to appear before the king. For when the crippled young man, Mephibosheth, came before King David, he prostrated himself, humbled himself in reverence, and showed signs that he was very nervous, which was quite visible to all who were present there. One can imagine what was going on in his head. Probably a little bit similar to what Shirley was going through. <laughs> As I have already mentioned, Mephibosheth probably thought that he, had, he and his family and servants would all be put to death, be exterminated. But instead, he hears the merciful and assuring words which King David says to him. As David observed Mephibosheth, he probably found some likeness of his dear friend Jonathan, whom he had loved so well. King David says to Mephibosheth, Fear not, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. He then proceeded to state that he meant to reinstall the private estate of Saul's into the hands of Mephibosheth, which included his son and his servants and friends. Then David says to Mephibosheth, But as for you, you shall eat bread at my table continually. So there he was. He owned, was reinstated with all his land, and now he was to dine and live in the palace. Here was comfort, independence, and the highest honour that a king could bestow by his kingly grace upon this poor afflicted man. What more could David do for this incapacitated young man? David, with the heartfelt tenderness he had felt for this young man, now desired to have him always near him at his table in memory of his dear lost friend, Jonathan. Imperfections were of no consequence to the king. Mephibosheth came to the new king's table fully aware of whom he was, what he was, with all his limitations and imperfections. Mephibosheth was invited and looked upon not because of anything he had done, but rather because of the king's love and respect for another, his dear friend Jonathan. Mephibosheth had a son who would eventually one day inherit whatever claims his father might be supposed to possess. But in the large heart of David, there was found no room for such lowly suspicions and mean misgivings about whether Mephibosheth would overthrow him. God had promised to perpetuate the royal power in his house. And what had David to fear? 
Mephibosheth was the son of his dearest friend Jonathan. Why should David suspect any counterattack from this young crippled man? Mephibosheth may have thought to himself that outside the walls of this palace lay a kingdom of people who did not have it as nearly as good as what he had it. Perhaps he thought of his poor village and about his friends who had cared for him, for they had never tasted such glorious things or even seen a palace before. It is doubtful that they had even dreamed of such a place. Now they would also share in the bounties of Mithibosheth as a reward for their care of him. We followers of Christ will one day come into the presence of God Almighty, our Heavenly Father. On no personal merit of our own. I want you to listen to this reading from Titus. It's Titus chapter 3, 5 to 7. It says, He saved us because of his mercy and not because of any good things we had done. God washed us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave us new birth and a fresh beginning. God sent Jesus Christ, our Saviour, to give us his Spirit. Jesus treated us much better than we deserve. He made us acceptable to God and gave us hope of eternal life. <coughs> what a wonderful reassuring verse that is so fitting for the story we have just heard about today. We Christian believers come in spite of our flaws, our imperfections and in spite of our sin to the King, God the Father who receives us because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. His Son. We will be invited to sit at a table greater than the one that King David prepared in this story today and it will illustrate to us God's great love and compassion for us. We followers of Christ express our thanksgiving to God and all our gratefulness to him and to him only. In the busyness of humanity, there are times when we need to put our feelings to one side and express God's great love and forgiveness to those around us. Those people who God blesses us in our daily lives. Those people who provide for our physical needs. The ones through whom God uses to encourage and to strengthen us. We have 
become a part of God's family through our identity in Jesus Christ. We now have a life like we never had ever dreamed of. With all our frailties, disabilities, ailments, one day soon we will be invited to be seated at God's table, enjoying his hospitality in spite of all our limitations. For God loves us, God cares for us, and God calls each one of us to be his. And this is exactly what our Lord Jesus Christ calls us to be this day and for every day hereafter. To praise him with all our hearts, filled with gratitude, for this is God's love for us. Because of the friendship between David and Jonathan, Mephibosheth was allowed to keep the title of land for his family in Jerusalem, while still dining at the royal table and associating himself with the king's sons who were probably near his own age. There will be more stories about King David over the coming weeks about his many wives and battle victories, all of which Reverend David will keep us up to date with. And just in case you may be left wondering of what happened to Ziba, well, the estate that David made over to Mephibosheth was entrusted to Ziba for cultivation, who with his sons and servants were to devote themselves to maintaining that estate and were allowed to retain one half of the produce in recompense for their expenses and labour, and then paying the other half as money for rent to the owner of the land, who was now Mephibosheth. The Lord be with you. And also 